0: Turn with me uh, in your Bibles to uh, the book of Matthew, the 6th chapter. We'll read from verses 9 through 13. That's uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. There's a lot packed into that little short prayer. And today what I'd like to discuss is The part about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a very important key to heaven as well as to our life here on earth. Let me skip down and read a little bit from Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he, his wife, his children, and all that he owned, he sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. He grabbed the fellow servant by the throat and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in the prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all of your debts because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. This is how you're Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Now let me repeat that part for you. This is how your Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. And I want you to understand that that's not just some flippant passing, I forgive you. It needs to be a genuine... From the heart, act of forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer says, And forgive us our debts. As we have forgiven our debtors, our failure to forgive will leave us in an unforgiven state with our Heavenly Father. And it will make it hard to have true intimacy with Him. Let me continue on in Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You know, our human nature wants us to seek revenge when we've been done wrong, to keep alive the bitterness, and by rejecting the peace that will come with forgiveness. And instead we embrace a new identity called victimhood. You say, but you don't know what I've been through. You're right. I do not know what you've been through. But the Father in Heaven does know. And I will tell you that it doesn't matter whether you've been the victim of greed, dishonesty, deception, hatred, murder, theft, rape, physical assault, false witness, an unfaithful business associate, an unfaithful abusive or manipulated spouse, a dishonest contractor, absent or abusive parent, unruly child, a hit-and-run, vehicular homicide, premeditated murder, or some other unspeakable act. The list continues. You need to forgive, and you alone are the one that holds the keys to that forgiveness. We oftentimes think that closure will come when restitution has been made or the murderer has been sentenced to jail or executed. But I will tell you, you cannot have closure until you have chosen to forgive. Deuteronomy 32, verse 35. It is mine to avenge. I will repay. In due time, their foot will slip. Their day of disaster is near and their doom rushes upon them. Biblical forgiveness is a determined decision done with God's help and strength. Failure to completely forgive is like letting the weeds grow in your garden. They will continue to grow and they'll crowd out what's good in that garden. When we ask Christ into our hearts, we're asking Him to completely forgive us. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Forgiveness means laying down the heavy burden of revenge, never to pick it up again. Hate and unforgiveness are very powerful emotions that can destroy everything they touch. You grant forgiveness so that you can be done with the offender and move on. Biblical forgiveness means we choose to forgive and not be a continual victim. Forgiveness means writing off a debt. Biblical forgiveness has no strings attached to it. It is without conditions. It needs no apology, no reconciliation, no reunion, no compensation for a loss. No face-to-face meeting and requires no response or acceptance from the offender. Forgiveness does not automatically mean that you are weak or you're trusting the individual who caused the pain. With biblical forgiveness, victims choose to forgive another person because they've been completely forgiven by God. Jesus led a sinless and blameless life and yet out of man's hatred He was crucified on the cross. But in spite of being hung on a cross to die a very painful death, Jesus demonstrated to us forgiveness in Luke 23, verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'd like to share with you ten stages of biblical forgiveness. Come from the book called to Forgive by Anthony Thompson starts out shock and disbelief the shock of discovery and the refusal to believe that the crime or offense even happened then we go to deep hurt depression tears and sadness realizing the magnitude of your loss and experiencing the inevitable human emotions placing the blame blaming the offender for the pain he or she has caused you. Anger, hate, disgust. Hating the person who so deeply hurt you in such a way. Anger, hate, and disgust are natural human reactions. Desire for revenge. The desire to hurt the offender in the same way, or worse than they have hurt you. Prayer and scripture study. Taking your hurt, depression, tears, sadness, anger, hate, disgust, and desire for revenge to God in prayer and asking Him for the strength to forgive. Studying God's Word for wisdom and take the needed steps towards unconditional forgiveness. Surrender. Make the decision with God's help to let it all go. Lay down your heavy burden of unforgiveness and surrender to God's will, allowing Him to help you let go of that anger, the hate, and the desire for revenge. Forgiveness. Through an act of will, not emotion. Forgiving the offender for the pain he or she has caused you. The journey. Embarking on the journey of forgiveness. Keeping close to God in prayer and Bible study asking for his guidance and counsel, loving your enemy, knowing God's peace in Christ's name and in his strength, praying for and reaching out to the offender with good deeds. In October 2006, a 32-year-old dairy truck driver named Charles Roberts, the father of three children, walked into a one-room Amy's schoolhouse in Lancaster County. On that Monday morning, he entered the schoolhouse heavily armed. He dismissed the young boys, and then he lined the girls up against the wall. He proceeded to fire his weapon at the defense of children, killing five girls and women six more. And to this day, no one really knows what caused him to commit this senseless act. But the reaction from the Amish community was not what people expected. They reached out to Robert's wife and children, praying for them and cooking them home-cooked meals. When money started pouring in from around the world to help with the funeral expenses for the Amish children and their medical expenses, the Amish shared them with Robert's family, the killer's family. The Amy showed the world the true meaning of biblical forgiveness. Society teaches us victimhood. You're a victim. Just go take it. It's yours. It's owed to you. You're due reparations. Society is teaching people that they have the right to not just take from the one who offended, but anybody else to make it right to you. You've got the right to ride and loot. Society teaches it wrong. Our natural inclination is that the people who have wronged us, we want to see them burn in hell. And to be honest, our natural inclination would be we'd like to light the fuse and throw the gasoline on it. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. Biblical forgiveness is viewed by the world as a surprising, irrational, and an illogical act. But through biblical forgiveness, we can discover love, unity, peace, that the forgiveness can bring into one's family, church, community, nation, and the world. Biblical forgiveness is not just for the little minor offenses. It's for the most heinous acts, including premeditated murder and sexual assault. Harboring unforgiveness in our heart, has very serious consequences both with the kingdom of heaven and our health and quality of life here on earth. On earth it's referred to medically as unforgiveness disease. The chronic anger puts the body into a fight or flight mode which results in changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and immune response. Those changes increase the risk of depression, heart disease, cardiac arrest, stomach ulcers, arthritis, back problems, headaches, chronic pain, diabetes, and other conditions. Those people who practice forgiveness report fewer health problems and a higher satisfaction in life. Bottom line, forgiving people are happier. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. Bear with each other. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as our Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. We must forgive and let the peace of Christ rule our hearts. In Acts chapter 7 Verses 55 to 59. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up into the heavens and saw the glory of God with Jesus standing at his right hand. Look, he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, the other people covered their ears and yelling at their top of voices, they all rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen, like Jesus, while in the act of being put to death, chose to ask forgiveness for those who were killing him. We are in a fallen world that's full of hate, anger, bigotry, bitterness, with people being persecuted because of the race, skin color, political party, religious or moral affiliations and beliefs. We have people clamoring for a new world order to solve all the world's problems. Don't listen to them. They're clamoring for the antichrist. I'm telling you, we need to clamor for biblical, godly forgiveness. In Matthew 5, 43 and 44, you have heard it said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. You know, those are really easy words to read, but they're a lot harder to practice. In Micah seven nineteen, You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Psalms 51, verses 10 through 13. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Psalms 139, 23-24 Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting Forgiveness means the offender will no longer be able to control your life. And Forgiveness comes from the strength of God and not from human weakness. If we believe in God's word, we can make that intentional decision to forgive. To be released rather than locked into victimhood. And be released from the bondage of someone else's sinful deed. Do not let The offender hold you in a prison that they created. I encourage you to take the keys of forgiveness that they provide to gain you your peace and your freedom. Ephesians 6, 12 and 13 For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of the evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. I encourage you to take the word of God, to put on the full armor of God, to take God's strength and extend forgiveness, to break the chains of bondage, to break free of the evil forces that seek to to keep you bound in turmoil. And as we prepare for a song of invitation, if you've decided that you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or perhaps you'd just like to have someone pray with you for God's help and strength to extend forgiveness and become free of the prison created by unforgiveness, won't you come as we sing?